Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us, and sometimes we're ready for it, and sometimes we're not. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiva, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. We hope you enjoy our podcast. So today we have Jason Yoakum joining us on the podcast. Uh, Jason has a long uh, career in the real estate industry and most recently as the CEO of uh, a newly formed uh, real estate organization. And Jason has an interesting story of change and leadership. He does. He was a realtor, as you said, for many years and then got later in his career into leadership and had a very challenging position. Anytime you go through organizational mergers, it's not easy being the CEO. So he talks about that. And uh, he also goes on to talk about how he lost that job in 2020 and some of the personal challenges that that created for him. Yeah, where you start to question your uh, competence, your abilities, there's, you're filled with self-doubt. So he really does share a lot of the angst that a person goes through when, when, they have, when they're going through job loss. And he also talks about getting back into the workforce and how challenging it can be to continue to apply for jobs, particularly in, in this economy. So Jason is very sharing of his insights and his learnings, and I thought he has a really valuable story to share with us. He, it was a pleasure having our discussion with him. Welcome, Jason. I'm pleased to be here this morning, ladies. Thank you very much. Jason, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So, Jason, do you want to start telling our listeners about your move into real estate? When did that start and where did it go? Uh, yes, Peggy. Most of my adult working life, I've been in commission sales, but often there's a salary or base involved. And when the opportunity came up to get into real estate as a real estate agent, uh, it looked very exciting and looked very much an opportunity for growth. And um, I jumped in with both feet late in 1993 in September, I believe it was, but it's 100% commission and you're starting from scratch and it's not like you start your career today and you have a paycheck next week. So it was a real experience to learn, but uh, I dug in deep and uh, I hustled that first four months and had a pretty good quarter. So it was, it was quite an experience. So I'm really interested in in that 100% commission. Did you have a backup or a a fallback position where you had other income coming in in case you weren't able to make ends meet with 100% commission? Or did you just jump in and go for it? That's a great question, Catherine. I had some savings, but not enough to carry me for a long period of time. So it's burning the bridge and never looking back and just pushing forward. And did you ever think that once those savings run out and still haven't quite made it, was that kind of part of your managing your risk of how far you would go into this career? Those thoughts are always in the back of your mind, I think, as as a commissioned salesperson. And some people that can crush them and other people that can motivate them to do what they need to do to be successful. 
So to move from a base salary where there's less risk into a situation where obviously there's a lot more risk, that that's a very big, that's a big change, Jason. Did you have a lot of confidence moving into that? Or where did you find that confidence to believe that you could do that? Um, I guess it, it comes from experiences in the past, but I think most importantly, it comes from people in our lives that we network with, that we've mentored under, that we've watched that uh, speak into our life and talk to us about ways that we can be more successful and encourage us when we have those bad days, because we all have those bad days and we all need that support to help us get through those times of doubt. It's so interesting you said that. So many of our guests have talked about there was one person and one comment that kind of spurred them. Can you think of a comment or a person that in particular really uh, motivated and helped to encourage you? That brings me to that transition point that where I went from my previous career into real estate. It was a frustrating opportunity that I had at the time. And uh, I was selling commercial printing. And it, it takes a lot of work and, uh, and uh, it didn't pay very well at the time. And I was doing some letterhead for one of the real estate brokerages in Saskatoon. And I asked them, if I work hard in your business, like I do in this business, can I make a living? And they said, when do you want to start? But going back Uh, to that previous employer, (laughs) they said to me, uh, you know what, this just doesn't seem to be working. And they gave me some great advice that I've used even when I've had to manage people. And they said, just like Wayne Gretzky is a professional hockey player and an outstanding athlete, if you put him in a basketball court, he's not going to do very well. Hmm. But on the ice, he's a superstar. And you just haven't found that sport that you're a superstar in yet. And I thought, what a great way to transition somebody out of something that's not working into something greater. Yeah, that's a great analogy. So Jason, you you were in uh, the real estate profession as a realtor for a number of years. Do you want to tell us how you got into the whole leadership track? Yes, Peggy. Um, Real estate was uh, my career for about 13 years residentially. And then because my children were getting into their teen years, I wanted to get away from the weekends and evenings. So I moved into commercial real estate with the provincial government, leasing office space for government staff. And as an entrepreneur, I found it very frustrating being in a in-scope position in a union. And and it just at times was very frustrating. So in the back of my mind, I was kind of always thinking, is there another opportunity out there? And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, I get a phone call in July of 2011 uh, from the CEO of the Saskatoon Region Association of Realtors asking me if I would be interested in looking at a position in the organization. And the board of directors was looking for succession planning, and they were looking for an individual that had real estate background and could manage the organization should something happen to the CEO, who unfortunately at the time was battling uh, pancreatic cancer. So I looked at the position and uh, it was exciting to me. It was an opportunity for a change and I've always wanted to move into a leadership position. And this gave me a great opportunity to do that. So that was September of 2011. And then two months later, the CEO passed away, unfortunately. And I was unanimously put into the position of CEO by the board of directors at that time. You've said that you wanted to be in a leadership position. Once you got there, were there things that you surprised you about it that you hadn't thought of before? Well, Catherine, it's just, it's interesting. I often say this, careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, there's a lot of things that you don't know. 
when you get into leadership, it was just something that was inside me for the longest time. And I always aspired to be in a position of leadership and to help other people achieve their goals and, and achieve the things that they dreamed about. But being dropped into that position, I knew the real estate industry. I knew how to do the sales. I knew the commercial and residential side. However, I had never led an organization. I had never had a team working for me. I didn't know what board governance was. I didn't know the first thing about it. I, I'd never sat in a boardroom with the board of directors. I, I had never managed a budget other than my own personal budget. So this was all brand new. So Jason, as you're talking, I'm thinking, hmm, sounds like you're a little fearless. You know, you jumped into commission sales, then you you moved into a leadership role, which you hadn't done before. So have you always had a clear understanding of who you were and what you wanted? And, and so that's how you've managed any kind of fear or, or anxiety about making these changes? That's a great question, Peggy. Uh, actually, if I go back to 2011, when I got into the position of CEO at the Saskatoon Region Association of Realtors, I, I was very insecure. I lacked a lot of self-confidence. I, I tried my best to project that on the surface. But when you're a leader of an organization and you have people looking to you for direction, whether it's your employees, your board of directors, your membership, no matter what's going on in your world, in, in your organization, in the economy, with a pandemic, whatever the case may be, your people that are looking to you for leadership have to see that confidence. They have to see that courage. They have to see that you have the solutions. You know where you're taking the organization. And so, Jason, when you were going through some of those, whether it was a full-blown crisis or really anxious times at work, what would you do personally to help yourself stay calm you must have, have uh, reset at home or done some things outside of the office to be able to be prepared to lead through that crisis. There's probably two or three things, Catherine, that I think of. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I'd like to read a lot of books on business and leadership and biographies. And, and a lot of the answers to the problems that I faced, I was able to pull out of those things that I had read. I also, I like to be whatever it is that I'm doing, but I would often go for walks. And that seemed to be an opportunity to reset and clear my head and to, to contemplate some of the directions that I might need to go. And of course, as I mentioned, I would reach out to individuals and, and bounce off ideas off those individuals, seeing if that might be a solution. So Jason, are, do you feel that there are some uh, really basic values that, that drive your decisions around change? I, I seem to just be comfortable with change. It, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said that change is the only constant. And I, I really personally, like a lot of people, I guess, I don't like status quo. I really don't like to hear the words. That's the way we've always done it. It doesn't mean we have to keep doing it that way. And I, I always look for ways of improving things and improving myself and changing organizations and moving them forward. And I, I seem to have a vision for the future in the things that I'm working at. And it's sometimes hard for other people to see that. It's like in real estate when you see a fixer and you're trying to convey to your clients what that could look like and they just don't quite connect those dots. But that's a challenge in leadership is being able to take that vision and, and it's like building a puzzle. Your job as a leader is to put that puzzle box cover up on the wall and say to your team, that's what we need. That's what we're working on. Each of you plays a part in that. 
And um, that's how I approach changes. Okay, there's where we're going. That's where we need to be. Now, how do we get there? Jason, you've shared with us a number of changes that you've gone through professionally over your entire career, but certainly over this past year. And I would expect that that has had an impact on you personally. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, Catherine. So uh, 2020 was quite a challenging year because there's two uh, there's two offices for the new organization that we launched. So I actually spent about a third of my year in Regina and the rest of the time in Saskatoon. So it does have an impact on a person's personal life and requires some challenges and some commitments that you would make that way. So it required quite a bit of travel between the two cities and depending on the weather and everything you had to deal with that. And also the personal life, uh, you know, and uh, I got family in Saskatoon here, things that I do here, commitments that I'm involved in. So I had to think about that and consider all that, but I love what I did and I, I really enjoyed the industry and I, I enjoyed making those sacrifices, but it, it involved a lot of self-care last year. So I'm one of these people that love to be outdoors and I love the opportunity to just go for a walk and think or go for a hike or do those types of things. I think it's really important not to to stay uh, closed up in, in, in your, mm-hmm. your space or whatever as you're isolating through this pandemic that we've had but to get out there and do some things. And also I tried to make sure that I continued to do things that were important to me, going to the gym, um, practicing guitar, reading. Um, there's there's the importance of key people in your life too that speak into your life because we don't do this alone. We're not in this alone. None of us ever make it through alone. Mm-hmm. So, You know, I've, ta- I've, I've talked to people who have gone through uh, organizational mergers or combining two organizations, and I think that has to be probably one of the biggest change challenges an organization faces. And, you know, you as a leader, that must have been a real challenging time uh, to, to lead the organization. And, and how, how did you feel going through all of that? Well, it's interesting because I'd been doing, um, I'd been the CEO of a not-for-profit for eight years prior to this, so I, I knew how to do that. But when you launch a new organization, everything you touch is new. Everything you do mm-hmm. is new for the first year because you're, you've not gone through that before. Uh, combining the culture of three organizations into one was not an easy challenge with the social distancing, not being able to bring people together to build those relationships. So that was a challenge as well. Um, I guess it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of enjoyable work. And uh, I guess at the end of 2020, to uh, no longer be serving as the CEO of an, that organization, that came a bit of as a surprise to me. But also, I, I've come to realize over the years and talking to some of my peers that being a CEO is a bit like a professional athletic coach. Um, it just you have a shelf life and that's just the fact and the reality of it. And a good example that I've been kind of watching lately is Nick nurse, the coach of the Toronto Raptors Mm -hmm. last season, they won the championship this year, they're sub 500. And did he forget everything overnight that he knew a year ago? I don't think so, but it's just how life goes sometimes. So Jason, you talked about the stress that you went through. Um, You know, you were traveling a lot, you were away from family and key people that were important to you. How 
in your experience, like you talked about keeping a balance, but were you able to keep a balance? Was there, uh, were there prices that had to be paid during that period of time as you tried to balance everything? There is a price to be paid for sure. Um, a lot of my time was spent alone. I, I don't mind having some time alone, but too much time alone in isolation isn't always good. So when I'm in Regina, there's a lot of that. But again, I go back to, I went for a lot of walks. I got to know the city really well, just traveling around Regina on foot and, and doing those types of things. And um, important to have people there and here that that you can talk to when you need to and, and to deal with some of those challenges of, of that new lifestyle of, of always on the go. Jason, you mentioned that uh, losing your job was a, a bit of a surprise, and I'm guessing that the first few days following that, there were a lot of emotions that you were going through, likely some self-doubt, uh, wondering about your confidence level and your your abilities. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like for you? That's a very good point, Catherine, because you're, you're a little bit numb those first two or three days. Uh this is my first time in my whole adult working life that I haven't had a job. And that, that, that comes as a real wake up call. And I think for most of us, our identity is wrapped up in what we do. That, that seems to be who we are. And to use another sports analogy, you see it all the time when athletes retire and then they come back into the sport again, because they lose their identity. Everything is wrapped up in what they did. And I had to realize that I am not what I do. I am who I am, and that has contributed to what I do. But you have to go through those mental gymnastics and bring yourself back to that reality. And it was tough. I, I, I did have self-doubts. I did doubt that what I had done all these years really meant something and that I really was capable of doing the things that I had done. And there's this thing called the imposter syndrome. You start to think, maybe I was an imposter and I slid under the radar for all those years and finally I'm discovered and everybody knows and and now I've come to the end of myself, but uh, it's real. It, it You go through that. So Jason, what did you do to, to get through those periods? How did you work through that? Uh, one of the things I do is I, I read a lot of books and uh, some of that helps, but I think again, having the right people in your life around you that you can lean on and talk to. And uh, my partner's been fantastic. She's really encouraging and helpful and reminds me of the things that I've done. And sometimes uh, we just forget that. We totally lose sight of, of the, the contributions we've made, the people we've helped, the things we've done for an organization. And you get that objective input from people on the outside. And I, I think it's important to stay connected to people you know, stay connected to your friends, stay connected to those around you. Don't feel that you're being a burden to them because I think that's another thing you're you're tempted to go through is I don't want to bother those people. They're busy. They don't need to hear from me. I, they don't need my problems. People want to help. And if you ask, people are willing to help you. Yeah, but we've had a lot of comments from other people on the podcast about how the support of others is so important to get through times of chaos, times of, of, of big change. So do you feel you're at a point now where you're more resilient? Has this whole process uh, increased, built that resilience muscle for you going forward? I think anytime we, we face a challenge or a crisis, it does develop us in one way or another. Um, one thing I realized years ago is that a thought won't change an emotion. So when you're down, you can't think yourself out of that. You can't 
make yourself posited by, by thought. So that input from other people or action, I, I find, is a good way to break that cycle of being depressed or down or discouraged. So do something. Right? So I'm actively working with a coach to help me prepare myself for job interviews and job opportunities and getting my resume out there and continuing to search for jobs. And I'll be honest, it's tough. It's tough to apply for a lot of different jobs and get rejection back or get no answer back and you start to feel like you don't have any value to offer but keep doing it because i always say that uh, success happens when preparation meets opportunity and if nothing's happened yet that just means the right opportunity hasn't arrived but continue to prepare and do the things you need to do so that when that happens you're ready to go like I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, uh, because I've worked with clients too. The ongoing rejection when you're on a job search. Mm-hmm. If people had mm-hmm. any idea mm-hmm. how that makes, like you, you have mm-hmm. to revisit all your self doubts over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, you do have to have resilience to go through that kind of uh, process. So, what have you learned as a result of going through all of this, Jason? I mean, it's been um, especially during this chaotic time that we live in, and then to have all of this layered on top of it. What have you learned? What could you tell people about what you have gone through and how how people can get through through stuff like that? I think what I could offer to people that are going through something similar to what I am is it happens. It it happens to the best of us. Uh, Don't overthink and get stressed about the things that are beyond your control, but take care of the things that you can control. And um, I mean, it's a, it's a daily thing. You have to work on yourself every day mentally. Uh, You have to continue to take action every day to, to make sure you're ready for those opportunities when they come. And I mean, as you get older, the mind goes, well, you know, maybe you're not employable anymore. Maybe you're not marketable anymore. And it is a challenge. That's the reality of it. It's a challenge. But I think to continue to try and be optimistic that something right will come along. And we, we always have to remind ourselves it could be even way better than what we left. The opportunity can be far better than what we left. Hmm. Yeah, so it's dealing with that little self doubt that sits on your shoulder. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, go away, go away. <laughs> well, thank you, Jason. I I really appreciate all those insights, and I think people will really appreciate them as well. Yeah, thanks for thanks for that. Some great observations, and and good for you for the tenacity and um, and optimism, because part of it also is. You know, there is that self-doubt, but but as you said, there might actually be something better that you never even imagined. So, Can I add one more thing as far as what I've learned? So again, I've learned that no matter what's going on in your life to be in the moment, because when we're busy at work and we're working those 50, 60 hour work weeks, we wish we had more free time to do the things we've always wanted to do. And when we're not working, we wish we had a job. So I'm learning that no matter what's going on today, this is a gift. This is the day that I have. I'm going to enjoy what I have today because when I'm working again and I'm busy again, I'm going to look back and say, I'm glad I had that opportunity to take a break and, and just be in the moment. Enjoy what's in front of you. Great advice.
If you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or Spotify and share with a friend. This episode recorded via Zoom audio. Producers Peggy Kanick and Catherine Griba. Executive producer Kanick Leadership Advisory. Theme music La Pompeii, written by Chris Harrington, music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast and to purchase some fabulous goat merchandise, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.